0: All right, hello again, and welcome uh, to Faith, Family, and Politics. I'm your host, Joshua Cummins.
1: We're going to have a really big show today.
0: That's my friend Louie on the recording there. Um, Prayers for him. He's in the hospital tonight, um, seen seen by the doctor right now. Um, Sounds like he may have to get his gallbladder removed. Um, So, yeah, we'll we'll definitely be looking out for that. Uh, Joining me today is my good friend, Bo Brummett. How are you doing, sir? Just fine. How are you? All right. And... Over here to my left, I've got my good friend Alan McFarlane to return. How's it going? All right. And finally, I've got my good friend across the table here on fourth chair, Sterling. How's it going? It's going. (laughs) It's going. All right. So to kick things off here, we're going to introduce something uh, uh, new this week. We're going to (laughs) start our message off with a prayer. Uh, Bo, would you mind leading us in prayer?
1: Sure. Okay. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to to get together, Lord, just to reflect on things going on nowadays, God, and just to reach out to each other and to reach out um, to the public, God. Just uh, work in our hearts, work in our minds, and um, help us focus on you during this. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you. So, uh, Bo uh, is going to be delivering the message this week, so... Uh, Passing it off to you, sir. Get us
1: started. Okay. Um, Get that microphone towards you. you. I had um, <laughs> like four different messages lined out for, for this and um, exegeted them all down, tracked everything down in the Greek, and then everything just kind of blew up in my face, and the Lord said... He took me back to a verse that really started a new walk in my life. Um, I'll, I'll read you the verse it's um it's in psalms 138 verse 7 and 8 it says though i walk in the midst of trouble you preserve my life you stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand delivers me the lord will fulfill his purpose for me your steadfast love o lord endures forever do not forsake the work of your hands. Um, in 2018, I was diagnosed with tongue cancer. Um, it's a pretty brutal way of uh, having to go through treatment. It's all right in your face. Um, they, from the beginning, they gave me a good prognosis, but they told me that it was going to probably be the roughest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, so I really had to get some things out, um, from working and talking to some other people that have the same kind of cancer, um, there's a high rate of suicides after there's a large, um, a lot of people have a lot of mental problems because if this particular cancer really affects your head. It's in your tongue, but everything's kind of tied to your hearing, um, just everything. All the
2: nervous. Yeah, it's so centrally located. Yeah,
1: everything, everything was skewed. Um, and so I come to a point where I was like, okay, I could, you know, this could wipe me out. And now there's cancer in my family on both sides. Mom, and dad, grandparents on both sides. There's a lot of cancer. deaths. So the thought of cancer just horrified me. Um, and I found that verse. And... um. Right after I was first diagnosed, I really, really had to put myself in check. I did. I had to, it's like, okay, when you get to a point where you could die or your life's gonna be altered forever, you have to know, if you're a believer, you have to have that assurance. I didn't have that assurance. Um, In my heart, I didn't have that assurance. Um, I was raised Southern Baptist, very independent, fundamental, King James 1611 only. It was interesting growing up, and it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. And then I went hard to the charismatic side of things. Um, As I kind of got away from that, when I finally got back to God, I went really deep charismatic movement. Um, Speaking in tongues, the whole...
0: Spiritual gifts, yeah.
1: Yeah, all in. Um, That was to my detriment. When I was going through treatment, I had to sit down and make a list of my traditions. Because everybody that believes in God, everybody that has heard the story of Christ knows the story. But there's this understanding that you accept Jesus into your heart and you're good to go. Um, I don't find that in the Bible. So I had to question it. I had to. It was like, okay, what do I believe? What does tradition force feed me that that's what I believe? Or do I believe what the Bible says? So I made a list of my traditions, and I put every tradition I had Against what the Bible says, and my traditions fell short, so it left me in a spot where you
0: felt like you were right back at Romans three twenty three exactly, from exactly. That sin and falling short.
1: Yeah. yeah, here here I am. You know what what do I believe? Yeah. Um, I started studying theology. Um, started studying doctrine. Started to research hermeneutics so I would know how to read my Bible. I used to roll through my Bible, oh that that hit me right in the feel goods, you know? And so that's a word from God because that hit me in the feel goods. When that might not necessarily be what that verse says. Do you remember what your train of thought was? Not particularly. <laughs> not particularly. <laughs> not particularly. <choo-choo>. <laughs> <laughs> um it was the pulling out of the understanding and the beliefs that I had. Um, everything in my um, Christian walk was focused more on the experiential versus what the Bible said. Um, and I find that in a lot of lot of modern churches nowadays. Um, I struggle with that. I, uh, I left a church over that same type of thing. I uh, had some questions about
3: what their doctrine was,
1: what they what they believed as a church, yeah. And um, I was released from the church for asking questions. Wow. So, no. uh, so you know, imagine it, it, that. Well, see, that's that's okay. Yeah. I mean, that hurt. Don't get don't get me wrong. It yeah. hurt, and I was eight years on the worship team of that church. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, about six years on the worship team, eight years at the church, but um, I had to. I had to reach a new place in my life. I had to understand where I was at, not experientially, but it had to set. I had to know who God was. Yeah. Not what I thought God was, not who other people said God was, but who God is to me and how he relates to me in my life. Yeah. Um, so I, I threw everything away. I started gutturally from just broken, broken before him, saved, redeemed, I know, but it's getting down to the wire here, you know? I mean, I'm going through treatment, I'm watching my body fall apart, I'm living with feeding tubes stuck in me, and, you know, I can't swallow, my throat's full of blisters, my tongue's messed up, and... You know, I'm just having to learn how to relive my life all over again, and I need to know where I was at. so um I had to go through that battle to bring me around to where I'm at now. and um my resolve has grown more than any other type of resolve I've ever had in my life. Um, I had to shake off the what people expect a christian to be and say okay what does god want me to be who am i am i broken enough Um, my message josh earlier this week um (laughs) that my message was going to be check yourself before you wreck yourself (laughs) he got a kick out of that oh yeah but the interesting part about that is chickity check yeah chickity check (laughs) before you can check yourself before you can wreck your, you have to wreck yourself first, in order to truly
2: check yourself. Is kind of my whole point. Well, because you have to, you have to live. You have to live. You have to live what what you're going for. You have to live your goal, right? You have to live your faith. Yes. Period. You can't be told your faith. Yes. You have to live your faith, yes. and therefore you need to fall a little bit to not to understand the lessons that you're being taught by the faith. Well, does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. Um,
1: but it's more than just the faith. Okay. There is, I mean, people have you know, the relationship and everybody, you know. It's I, part of it. You know, I, I kind of struggle with, uh, I used to say, you know, you know, I'm not religious. You know, I'm, I have I a have relationship. Well, yeah. I have a relationship and I'm religious. Mm-hmm. I am religious. Um, for the first time in my life, I can honestly say that I am a believer in Christ that I don't want any of the fake Christianity anymore. I don't want anything that smells false. I want what this says for me. And, um, I mean, there's so much here that I thought I knew that I had no clue. And when I learned to read it the way you're supposed to read it, how it was written, and you take your experiences or your spin off of it it is the most alive thing i have ever witnessed in my life i've spent my whole i'm 54 years old can return 55 got saved when i was eight but i didn't get it i didn't get it until i was 52 before this switch happened in my head. No,
0: Moses and the Hebrews wandered for 40 years, so yeah. I mean <laughs> fair enough.
1: I, yeah. And and I think one of the main reasons that I'm here is I want us to work on understanding that what's the right words for it? I want us to work on understanding what the word says without having to go through what i went through there is a there was a cloud kind of overshadowed my understanding and that cloud was my experiential understanding of who god is the goosebumps the tongues the all of that when i got to a point that i realized that Doctrinally, there's no tongues. I'm a cessationalist. Cessationalist, sorry. <laughs> have a hard time talking. Um, that's because that's what the Bible says. When I went from a life of praying and saying, you know, I'd just be praying, and all of a sudden I'd start babbling in tongues. I prayed, and I was like, God, I'm so tired of not really fully understanding what I'm doing. I feel this, but this, the book doesn't say that. This preacher saying that's okay, this book doesn't say that. So, what am I doing here? So, God, this isn't from you. Take this, take, take this gift, this gift of tongues. And it left, never came back. I've prayed thousands of times since then and that's gone and and pardon me i don't miss that because god is more than your experience it is a deeper understanding when this comes alive and god sparks something new in you it seems as though things always get for everything God has, Satan has an opposite. He has it or a counterfeit.
0: Yeah. The great counterfeiter, yeah.
1: Yeah. So there's the, the, when I'm seeing error in my life, and I compare it to this, what do I do? Um, I was stuck in a situation to where the church I was going to, that's what they believed. It was a um, come in here, get a good goosebump. Hear a great story, and um, then after we play the music and your goosebumps are on, you got goosebumps on top of your goosebumps. We're going to repeat a magic prayer, and you guys are saved. I that's that's wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's not that's that that's not biblical in any way, shape, or form. So I I have come through. probably one of the most profound changes in my walk from the pain and, and the struggle of what I went through.
3: But I thank God for
1: that. Because um, I understand this book now. I understand that I, it's not my tradition. I understand that it's not my spin on it. It has purpose. It has a meaning. And if you know how to read it, it comes alive. Not from my feelings. It comes alive on its own. It is supernatural.
0: Living document.
1: And that is knowing Christ. And I believe that a lot of people are deceived. I believe that a lot of people were like me. They, they believe that at one point in time they said this prayer and they're good to go. They're going to do whatever they want to do. They know they shouldn't sin. They know they shouldn't do these things, but they got a free stamp. Good to go. You said the magic prayer. You wrote that date in the back of your book, or back of your Bible. I got saved on this day, and by Billy Joe Bob, and ta da! I'm going to heaven. Yeah. Um. So I have a, had a lot of questions. Um. And I wrestled with these questions. I wrestled, I questioned things like, um, okay, who's God to me? Who am I to him? Um, Those are big questions. Do I (laughs) have, do I have what it takes in myself to walk out this life that this book tells me to walk out? I can't do that on my own. I've tried it on my own. I've tried it other people's way and got all the goosebumps um nowadays if i get a goosebump either i'm listening to rush or
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> two different kinds <types> of goosebumps <laughs> but if but when i get a musically i get goosebumps from rush <laughs> but when i read my bible my goosebumps in my when i read my scripture don't come from like a song that you hear on stage
4: yeah oh that was a
1: beautiful thing it it you know that that note was just right that blend of music that that, you know chorus was you know awesome it's a profound understanding it's like a download like once I got past the point to where I quit putting my experience into the Bible the Bible just says things in this profound understanding that blows will just blow my mind. It was like I've read this a thousand times. How come now? What's different about this speaking to me? And that understanding is a, is like a goosebump, better than any any Carrie Job concert or <laughs> you know any kind of a big thing.
2: Um, Did, I'm did I'm sorry, did you say you had a certain passage? I know you said you had four. Oh oh I had oh
1: I had four complete sermons. <laughs>
2: oh, oh okay. <laughs> okay. <All
1: right. laughs> that I that I instead of going off on the sermon, I wanted to tell my story. I like it. No, I like it. So this is this is kind of where I'm at. So yeah, I messaged him I had like four completely I love it. different sermons put in. I love You came um, prepared and yeah. I, I, I like this from your heart though. This is great. Um so then i had to okay okay so in christianity there's the there's sanctification okay so what 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 in your mind what is sanctification if you was just from your without looking at a definition what would you say sanctification was being washed
0: i reckon um, in the in a general term it's washed. it's
1: biblically it says it's the act of becoming holy Oh wow. okay so it's not what i thought it was me neither obviously now before (laughs) i thought the more goosebumps i have the more ecstatic i talk about christ the more that i do my thing my experiential goosebump fest um i thought that was sanctification okay but what i've discovered is sanctification is, I, had, I wrote it down. Okay, it says, we tend to mark our assurance with our own progress. Um, when you feel less holy, when I have those doubts, when I have those questions if God is great enough for me, and I open up this book, and it, and it shows me the answers to those questions, all those questions and all those all those doubts that I have about whether or not God's real, whether or not He is I'm His, whether or not I say He's mine, is He really? You know, all those gut check things in your life that you have to do. The same kind type of gut checks I had to have when I realized that, you know, cancer could take me. It's like you've got to get real. And um I feel like a lot of the churches nowadays are talking about seeking the lost and going through everything that they can do to seek the lost in their own actions. But I believe that there's more lost people in churches who believe that they're saved because they said a magic prayer than there are people that are probably actually saved in the church. I believe that there is a a confusion. Um, Everything God has, our enemy has a counterfeit. I believe it's like that in modern church. Um, Now, the outcome of all this, taking what the Bible has showed me to its furthest logical conclusion Leaves me with the understanding that we are in a lot of trouble in this day and age in church. We don't know who we, don't know who we are. We believe one thing, we act a different way. We say one thing, we do something different. Now, that's sin. We all wrestle with that. But it's the, um, the drive. Um, Pastor at church. A few weeks ago, we were t- talking about fruit of the spirit. Talking about the things that have that happen in your life. You yeah. know, the the, the the fruit of your good works or or your understanding of God, and that generates fruit. Um, I believe that a lot of churches don't understand what what fruit is. I believe that that the fruit comes from. The understanding and the walking in Christ, not what you produce, not, not not how many corners you preach on, not how many abortion clinics you stand outside of. Which props to those guys. That's a hard job. Yeah. And um, but there's more to it than that. We don't understand who we are, and I think that a lot of people are are lost, and that breaks my heart i go into uh, other churches other than the one that i left i have a church that i'm going to currently there's a similar struggle that i had from my old church but it's a completely different type of scenario i'm at a stage now to where i'm pretty passionate about this new understanding that i have you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm very passionate about it and um but I know what it's like to be on the other side and have somebody come up to you and say, hey, you know what? I don't think you're doctrinally sound. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, it's like, well, that's a horrible thing to say. Well, what more love do I have than this wonderful book that come alive for me that changed my heart, changed my life? This book, if you don't read it right, you're missing out. So I get a lot of people like, oh, I can't believe you're speaking out against tones." tongues. We could argue that all day long, yeah. but, you know, times the charismatic movement, new apostolic reformation, we, we could go forever. There's a lot. I of can that. go on forever, maybe. And, and there, <laughs> th- there's a lot of false things that we have fallen for, and that's kind of my message. I want people to understand that there is a deeper depth than what we commonly believe in like an evangelical Church setting, charismatic church setting. There is a deeper understanding that you can find in the Word of God. There is a a better way to be. A lot of people is like, well, you know, you you went from being charismatic to reformed. I am, I'm Calvinistic, not because of John Calvin. I'm more Calvinistic because when I go through the doctrines of grace and I read my Bible. It lines up perfectly. And, yeah, I mean, it's there. And so I was like, okay, so what do I do with this? Do I go with this? Or do I go with what gave me the best goose Yeah, okay, That's pretty much the end of my, my <laughs> sermon okay, oh, yeah, for today. I just wanted to, I, I want people to know that there is, there is a deeper, a deeper understanding that you can find other than say the magic prayer. I, I believe that it is something that is detrimental to churches today to not only lead people to the Lord, but to have them understand
2: the depth of what they're signing in for. So there are two things that really got me I, that I really took from that, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to take okay, no, right. But a couple sorry. things. First of all, I love that. I'm a very logical person. I'm going to joke and clown around things like that, but mm-hmm. I, I look at everything through a, a lens of logic, mm-hmm. and I like how you look at um, Christianity through a lens of logic. In the way of saying, okay, there are goosebumps, and then there's what I'm getting from this book, and I'm removing my emotional context, mm-hmm. and that's fantastic. Because those goosebumps, those feel good, those feelings, the the good feelings you're getting, that can be false positives. False <laughs> positives. Exactly. I yeah. didn't want to. I didn't yeah. want to sound horrible and say that you know a preacher or a minister can actually use his charisma to make you feel good about something oh, versus, oh, yeah. versus just being like this is the word yeah it's part show you have to it's that's why he's up there he's teaching the word it's yeah. got to be entertaining um so i look at a lot of stuff through the lens of logic and i like how you're saying there's goosebumps that's over here and then there's this and this in and of itself can can come off the page has has enough weight Absolutely. It carries it. it stays on its
1: own handle itself. I I don't need to add anything of me or my experience to what this says. And I think a lot of churches get really confused. A lot of believers get really confused about that. Um, And it makes me sad. It really does. But the questioning and the wondering about God when this opens up and you have that understanding answered that is sanctification that is an understanding of him sanctification is becoming holy he is holy when you grasp his understandings which I have a lot that I don't quite grasp but there's a lot that I do and boy I'll tell you they wake up they wake up it's like it's like getting saved every day sometimes you know, uh, i die daily. yeah you know i mean yeah. it's, it's just i mean literally it's just like i love you more and um i'm passionate about it um i'm a little outside of the norm of a lot of churches i believe um the church that i go to they put up with me <laughs> <laughs> uh, the pastor he's he's a wonderful man he um I well, love I love how he preaches. I just wrestle with people with the experiential, with the experiential focus. It, it's like there's more people. I love yeah. you, right? There's more. There's more than your goosebump.
0: Well, the, the best Christians are the are the ones that are the square pegs in the round hole. And that's why I, I I've said this before. I don't know if I said it on the last episode, but the the best mosaics are made up of broken pieces. You know. Yep. Yeah. That's that's the most beautiful because God's got that that pullback that. That macro view, I mean, he's, course, he's got his nose over hair on your head as well, but he's got that macro view. He can look back and say, oh, look how, look how beautiful all that is. Yeah. So <clears throat> the fact that you're broken, I'm broken, I think everybody at this table is a little bit broken in their own way or shape or form. So. Well, that's is, be little is, little is, is
1: there a way, as they're <laughs> <a> <laughs> saying, I used to say, yeah, I'm broken. Yeah, I'm broken, but in my heart my heart in <laughs> my heart and in my head <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely um, it was the worst place your head to be yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's <laughs> you know it's like that's what i always said but was that real was it true do i really die daily
2: do i you're a little salt and pepper to die daily i can, I can you know that once a day for men <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you die daily. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I mean, well, it's just that's die that's daily. Die you know. to yourself yeah. daily. Yeah.
1: But um, do we? When we say we no. do, do we really? Or are we just used to saying, yeah, that's the bad answer?
0: Yeah.
1: Right. You know what I mean? Right. I, I, I'm done with pat answers. I just can't do that anymore. It seems fake. It seems like I spit on my Bible when I say that it's not true yeah
0: but i think i think i'll I'll stir a lot of pots by saying this right now but i I think you'll probably be an occurrence um or or grants rather uh joel osteen is that that spectrum you're talking about to me um
1: he's that he is the extreme end of that spectrum
0: yeah and i think it's what's most obvious for a lot of people is like he's very charismatic he is very entertaining he'll get you pulled in like you can do this and this and god is in your life Sure. Yeah,
1: well, that, God, that might be... That, God's that, that, that's, in everybody's <laughs> life. It's exactly... God's in Satan's life.
0: <laughs> He's omnipresent. He's everywhere, right? You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. like... Uh, Alpha Omega.
1: You, this middle-of-the-road conversation. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Certainly. Let's get to it. So, yeah. And, and uh, something that bothers me even more so, every time, every week I see him, he'll come out uh, and he'll, he'll hold his Bible up in the air uh, and he'll, he'll say, this is my Bible, and he'll go through the whole spiel mm-hmm. about his Bible... And then it gets set on his podium, and, and he never, don't read it. He never opens it up, not once. And I've seen a lot of uh, old television televangelists and everything, and they've talked about the Bible, and something that's common with them that's not common with him in particular is that eventually you see a Bible verse come across the bottom of the screen, or the top of the screen, or side, and you know, they break it down a little bit. Not him, and that's and and I just want to make sure that that the most obvious of those things is out there for people. And like I said, again, it's, I know it's going to stir some pots out there because there's some Joel Osteen fans be like, ah, oh, that's it. I'm turning off this show. I'm not watching it anymore, but I'm, I'm hoping that that kind of drives home the message that you're, that you're giving.
2: Yeah. Well, and that was the second point I was going to make earlier. And I'm so happy you brought that up because it, let's kind of stamp this was you said, you know, um, about making your trees fruitful. Right. And there are certain churches that are going to invest in the trees they have. And have those trees bear more fruit. Joel Steen, unfortunately, is not one of those people. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, however, he's going to try to plant as many trees as he can. Right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if each one has one piece of fruit. He wants ten thousand trees. Yeah. So, so where's the line, right? Because you want to be able to build from within, as you were saying earlier. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, the people who need the most help are sitting there in the pews. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have to go out to find them. No, not right. At all. So. Yes, why not invest in the trees you have and cultivate them so they bear more fruit? Because exactly. those trees then will naturally spread that wealth, right? Rather than trying to get more. Yeah. Now, getting more in possibly means more revenue. Yeah. But, but at the end of the day, as we see with Joel Osteen, yeah. he has plenty of revenue. <laughs> um, but is he really fulfilling? Are those people really fulfilled that are standing in there? Right. Well, you, well, you can plant a thousand trees, right? but if there's no roots, that's fair.
1: First big wind. What's the point? <laughs> <laughs> They're all going to die. Itty
0: bitty plants. Itty-bitty <laughs> plant. you know, and, I, and, and I'm not saying that,
1: that, that people that have said the sinner's prayer, because a lot of people have said the sinner's prayer and had that understanding yeah. and accepted Christ, and it was a real transformational thing that happened in their life a
0: delineation point in their life yeah Yeah.
1: and and that's that i'm not saying i'm not trying to belittle that but it's not scriptural i believe that people get saved in spite of that not because of that i believe that that god knows who he has he knows who will long for him he knows who will understand him he knows who will accept him. We have no say. We can't, we don't accept him. He accepts us. And we can get into the whole free will. We can get into that whole debate if you want to. That might be for a whole different episode. That might You'd be, be a whole show by itself. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but I'm just saying that there has to be that kind of an understanding before you can really, really have those roots grown, and people to have a a real grasp on what God's message is for them and what his message is for his people, and he he preaches or teaches very clearly that there's false prophets, you know, I mean, all these things, and then you go and you look at the evangelical churches and most of the standard Americanized Western civilization churches. And they're all like, you know, we have an enemy, it's Satan. We're going to go out there and we're going to fight the good fight, which great, okay? Yeah. But there's somebody dying in the back row of your church. There might be somebody dying in the front row of your church. Those people, they need that deeper understanding. They need to understand what this book is. And the only way to do that is to teach them how to read it properly? We don't know how to read our book. I thought I knew how to read. I'm 54 years old. I have, I have wore out three Bibles. I, I mean, in in my life, I have wore out Bibles, and I just got this is my new one. <laughs>
2: <coughs> and um, well, that page is taking a beating today. <laughs> <Yeah, so> has <laughs> taking a beating today. I right. love that one, <laughs> <laughs> um, but
1: wrote my choo-choo with your <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I
0: just
2: sorry. I'll, I'll quiet my banter. It's okay. Where, was, where I, was I, was I was
0: think it? I think it's a pretty good transition point here. Yeah, we uh, can, we can go cut in, over. Yeah, we definitely we'll move into the, the family portion. And I think um, the 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 direction to go I think would be uh, thinking one thing is true and then finding out it's another. Um, uh, and, and I have a story that kind of matches up with that. And I think we, I think we all do when we go through our teen years. Mm-hmm. There was. This girl, always right. There's always a yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> Sterling. So there was this girl, and I thought she was beautiful. Sorry, honey. I know you're over there in the producer's area. She just she fell asleep. We we put her asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so good. Anyway, I thought this girl was. <laughs> <laughs> Our producer's falling asleep. Right. Uh, so we'll, we'll wake her back up she's back. with this story. Yep. <clears throat> so I thought yeah, this she's girl... Back. <laughs> she heard me. What girl? He's going to yeah. say it one more time. I, 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 I thought this girl, yeah. girl... There was this girl in, <laughs> in high school. I was a uh, junior. She was a sophomore. I thought she was... Uh, no, senior. I was a senior. She was a sophomore. And I thought she was just beautiful. I, she, she took my breath away. I, or so I thought. Mm-hmm. And me and my friend both uh, discussed it because we both wanted to ask her out to, to a prom. And... You split, uh, he,
2: you split dances that time. They split time dancing. Yeah. You don't get worn out. <laughs> um, but he had his mind. He couldn't. He couldn't make up his mind
0: because he liked her and he liked another girl. And he was like, "Hey, you, you know, between, between me and you, you ask her out. You think, you know, the world of her right now. It's all good. Won't hurt my feelings then." So I thank my friend, and, and I and I ask her out. And I and I I go on uh, to prom with her. I go on a couple of dates with her. I buy her flowers, candy. I, I'm doing the uh, being romantic thing. But what I don't realize is that in that um, moment in my life, I was beginning to mature. I was getting out of that whole like date, 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 ideal set mindset. And I was getting more into the idea of what I had learned in church, which was, um, and for my family, which was like, monogamy is a good thing. Like you're getting that one person, you're getting that special connection. Mm -hmm. I was, I was learning those things slowly so when it came down to it and I I, I decided that she was going to be my girlfriend or whatever, and I was going to make this, like, boyfriend-girlfriend commitment to her, I go to her and I talk to her about it, and denied. Pulled the lever, floor drops out, and I'm crushed. And not only do I turn into a giant sobbing baby, but... I drive my parents nuts for an entire evening because I'm like, my world is over. It's, it's all coming down. I just, I don't know how I'm gonna recover. You know, not maybe not that not, much, but I, it was typical, typical, but typical teenager, right? So I'm, I'm going through it, and so I, I thought the one thing I thought that she liked me. I thought that because we had some good dates, we had some good times, you know. But yeah, I thought one thing was true, and it turned out not so much, not so much uh, in, in that that, yeah. I thought my world was over and uh but thank God that through that wrecking myself I got to check myself and I st- that 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 gave me that room to grow and I found um through a couple more relationships from that point um more and more growth and then I met my wife and my world changed mm-hmm. completely changed cuz actually so to, to give a little context to that, the very first time I meet my wife, I wasn't driving yet. I was, I, I didn't drive, I didn't get my drivers license until nineteen years old. I know. sinner, right? <laughs> but so she comes to pick me up for our first date. And I'm living with my parents. I have no shame in that game. It, you know, She shows up, and my mom's the first one to see her out the big picture window in the front of the house. and she says, "Oh, Joshua, that's the one." Now, remember, I'm 19 years old, so I, or 18 years old, and I go, at the first time I met her, I go, whatever, Mom.
3: <laughs> so again,
0: I think one thing is true, and then I go on this first date, and, and we go, to, we go um, I believe, to Pizza Hut first. We got something to eat. I thought, this is awesome, a girl that likes pizza. Score one on the mark, on the mark one on the board, right? Check that off. Yeah, And then, so we decide we're going to go to the movies, and at that time, there was a movie called *Malibu's Most Wanted* playing at the dollar wow. fifty cheap theater. And Belly. and I and I said, you know, I, I was the
2: biggest yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I said, you know, that what we can do uh, instead of going and paying, you know, forty dollars to go see a movie and get some popcorn candy, is we can hit the dollar store. We can pack our pockets with a little bit of candy, uh, and 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 we can hit that dollar fifty movie theater. And and we have a blast. We that was one of the funniest movies I had ever seen in my life, and it was an immediate connection with her through that through that movie. What we saw of it, and <laughs> um, and afterwards, we didn't want to separate from each other. Which uh, you know, I didn't want to go home. She didn't want to go home. So I've got two check marks on the board. She likes funny movies. She likes pizza. She likes me. Has another check mark. Um,
2: and then she fell asleep during our our program tonight. <laughs>
0: hey, she's been married to me for a she's, very long she's time. She's come full circle. Yeah, come she's full come circle. Full circle. She <laughs> fell asleep at a Bon Jovi concert, but that's a story for another time. <laughs> yeah,
2: she's like, we're going to need to cut the family portion of this show out. <laughs> like, Don't talk about Bon Jovi concerts without
1: my wife. She'll tell you a story. But anyway. <laughs>
0: yeah, so we leave the movie theater. Neither one of us want to go home, so um she makes a suggestion let's go to walmart now being the redneck i am i'm like walmart you betcha so we hop we, we hop back in her car and yeah Make this date, date is ending right spot. so yeah we roll over to walmart and we're in there you know we closed the place down i'm sure and it was 24 hours back then so there was no way to do that but we were in there for a long time and it's it's probably three four o'clock in the morning before we actually go our separate ways and she drops me off at home but i th- i thought in my head now that was the perfect date it couldn't have been better. I could, if I, if I could have planned that, because like we didn't plan it, we just kind of winged it. If I could have planned that, I couldn't have planned a better date at 18 years old. I couldn't have. That was all the the most the things that I wanted to do most, and it turns out that she wanted to do those things too. So, uh, not to say that you know you can only have a relationship if you have everything in common, but those are pretty good staples: pizza and good funny movies and <laughs> Walmart, right? <laughs> So yeah, I thought one thing was true. I thought my mom is, was silly, and um, sometime later, um, she's watching a movie with me and and hanging out at my house, and she's um, lay she's laying towards me, kind of snuggled up, and I'm stroking her hair, and I, and I and I all of a sudden, boom, it hit me. I said, "I love this girl. I'm gonna tell her," and I said, "I love you." And I felt it like you know, like going through the feeling thing of it, but like also I knew,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so what I thought was true that I was never I was gonna be go on this date I was gonna be dis- sorely disappointed and come back home. Turns out I met the the woman that I was gonna spend the rest of my life with and I, and and never look back. So I, yeah,
5: um, thought one thing was true,
0: found out it's another thing.
5: Yeah, uh, yeah then one thing I got from what you were saying, and thank you for sharing that, um, was almost like shepherding, like we need better shepherds, and not only better shepherds, but discipleship. Because mm-hmm. even past, like for me, personally, after I got saved, it was a a disaster. Um, parents got divorced for the umpteenth time, and, you know, it just made me lost, and I didn't have that discipleship or even a, an accountability partner or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. So I had no, what is that even, like after, school kind of teaching it okay. was just here this is your prayer and I, I mean i said the prayer and i really felt it and i really meant it and i i know in my heart that that was the day that i got saved it was just after that the questions the well why is this true why am i being told this so absolutely i get i get that.
1: yeah I mean, we're told to accept him and then to grow
5: mm-hmm.
1: um but we don't always teach people how, how. to grow yeah we think growth is once again experiential you know oh I spoke in tongues or oh I did this and that's not where the growth is the growth is in the the wondering and the heartfelt pursuit of understanding him deeper the walk yeah and that's you everybody knows they find it here but then they don't know how to read it yeah and 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 I think you know, it takes a long time for people to really walk out their faith, and for it to be a a, a bold faith, and do it with through the Lord and not through their own yeah. drives.
2: Absolutely. You know, did you have mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> something you thought was uh, one way, and it actually was another? Mm. Too many well, things. Are we putting you on the spot, real quick? <laughs> yeah. Did you get one sunk thing. into? This uh, wonderful
5: love story we have here. Well, I may yeah. had a similar situation. It was a lot, maybe a lot worse than wow. that. But um, wow, sorry, it's okay. There was no
2: <laughs> Walmart. Yeah, there you was say, no. You say Walmart. Walmart out of that date.
5: There was no Walmart. There it was, changes things. It, it does. <laughs> it turns a whole other spin to things. Yeah, it was. Like, it was
1: like first. It was like, oh, this is a wonderful story. And it's like, well...
0: Yeah. No, not. I, no, no I, no I was 18, man. There was Walmart. no judgment. There. Walmart has everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no, no, no I'm, jud- no.
2: I'm judging. No, I'm <laughs> <not> judging. <laughs> Go ahead, <laughs> judge away. I'm saying the beauty of that was the Walmart. You take the Walmart of there, it's the whole <laughs> the beauty, beauty of, of yeah, Walmart. Change
0: it to Costco or anything no, else, no Just no doesn't, doesn't work. Doesn't have, have the same doesn't drive.
2: Doesn't.
0: drive No. So, 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 <laughs> so, <laughs> so Sterling was saying.
2: I'm sorry. That's a better story, anyway. Give him the speaking. Anything. Give him, give him the speaking stone. hold the stick. <laughs> yeah.
5: um, I don't even know what part of the story to tell I mean, I chased after a girl similar situation but it's for five years and big waste of time um, disused, and all that kind of thing but the relationship part of it was seeing how my parents went through their relationships and thinking that that was the right way to do it obviously not the right way marriage divorces boyfriends girlfriends you know, so I did the same thing and then at the end of my road which was slightly darker moment here it was the day that I was going to be committing suicide um i met sarah i you know i had made a, uh, this talk with god and said hey listen whoever shows up now this is going to sound really bad stick with me whoever shows up whether that's a man a woman whoever shows up that's the person i'm supposed to be with that's who's going to save my life nobody showed up except for sarah and thank you god You know, that's, I mean, that's bottom line. You know, that was it. That was my day. That was, I had fallen as far as I could have at that point in my life. And I was like, God, please, something and nothing, nothing. It just kept falling through people who I really expected to be there, didn't be there. And then she showed up. So blew my mind as far as relationship goes, because that was not expected at all. No one, I've never seen that in my life until that moment. And it is obviously a God thing. That's
2: amazing. That really is amazing. It's truly amazing.
5: I've got more stories. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's that was a big one for me. Because obviously that led me to where I am now.
2: And it kept you Dude. here, period. That's true. That's, that's, that's true. You know. I mean this is this is amazing having two people on I mean, it was at the brink. You were you were both at the brink different ways. What I'm saying. And yeah. And now look, you know, you're here, you're thriving. Yeah. And there was, I'm not trying to take host away from you. No, no,
1: (laughs) you're making
0: good points. I'm not going to stop you from making good points for sure. You know what?
1: When I look back on the whole, the whole cancer thing, there was a lot of stuff leading up to prior to the cancer thing. Um, I went through a real bad bout of depression. Um, I was suicidal. I went to my pastor at the time, my old church. And um, he was like, man, that's way out of my pay grade. You know, oh, <laughs> and, uh, right? Yeah. And I'm he, sorry, that's
5: the well, wrong answer. Well,
1: no, no, no. He sent
5: yeah. me
0: to
1: a counselor, and they they, they covered my counsel costs for me. Oh, that's, wow. a, that's well, nice. that, that was okay. so. So I would start going to this counselor to deal with this this depression, and it was it was a sui- It was suicidal to the point where I had my best friend at the time. It was like, man, I need you to come over to my house and take all of my guns and take them home.
2: you i did the same thing
1: you know you do do this um i went and i got help it it was christian counseling but he was just an outstanding listener yeah and he he had a, a really good understanding and he kind of brought me to a point it wasn't like some other counseling that i went to where they were you know can do this and all this positive reinforcement and all this other stuff. And he was like, man, all your answers are right there in your Bible. We can talk about all the little stuff, but that's what you need to do. So that's kind of where he worked me into it. And I worked out of that suicidal stage and it was six months later. I was diagnosed with cancer. Now in my heart of hearts, I know that Had I not broken my own inner dialogue of, I'm going to put a bullet in my head. If I wouldn't have broken that and went to somebody and said, look, this is where I'm at. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't lay that on my wife. You know what I mean? I mean, it was, I couldn't do it. Um, I was just broken. And um, had I not gone through that and had, The wherewithal to lay my cards on the table. I believe that when I got my cancer diagnosis, I probably would have went through with that.
5: Yeah, it's preparing you.
1: Yeah, you know, and so it's like in hindsight, I see, I see him in everything. Mm -hmm. Um, even I see more in the bad than I do in the good. I praise Mm -hmm. him more for the good, but when I go through the bad. I know that he's he is good, and he is truth. So if I'm going through bad, it's caused by my sin, my own mess that I made of myself, or it's something against me that's not from him. Something so, that you
0: thought was true and it's not. Yeah. So
1: right. so it gives you it, it, <laughs> it changes your filters. You know what I mean? It changes how you how you see him. And. In retrospect, you can seem in the long run, and that yeah. that that was a big life changer for me too. But not to
0: get too cheesy, but it kind of kind of sounds like the the, the footprints. Uh, you're describing the, the footprints poem, you know? <gasps> I know, I know. It hurts kind of you, very right? Very but me. like carrying you, but, but and that drag t-
1: marks where I stopped and went down
0: a latte cappuccino, <laughs> drag <laughs> you. <up>. <laughs> <laughs> I got yeah, I, and, and and that big pile over there—that's where I got you were kicking and screaming, so I had to really pull. Yeah,
4: it's like that though.
0: I'm sure you had you had a story for us, Alan. Oh, of course I do. All right.
2: Um, well, I mean, i as if you watched the first show. Yeah. Or if you've seen anything I posted, I look at everything through a political lens. Um, go, follow,
0: name, uh, go follow. Go uh, follow Laughing Libertarian page. By the way. Um, page.
2: <laughs> I'll try to make you laugh. Uh, so really what it comes down to is things that I was taught or I was led to believe. Led to believe makes it sound pretty bad. But things that I was I thought was true and then mm-hmm. I found out different. There we go. That sounds a little better and a little less uh, accusatory. When I was a child growing up in the neighborhood that we came from, I was always taught that because of our station in life, um, our socioeconomical situation, uh, that we were to if we ever voted, we vote Democrat. Yep, Because Democrats care about people. Republicans only care about wealthy people and large companies. And so I was taught from a small child, you don't vote for these people no matter what because they don't care about you. And um, as I got older, I'm not necessarily saying my point of view is right, but it's right for me. And I I gained an understanding that that's, that's really a black and white way of looking at things. And there's a lot of gray in there. There's a lot of gray in there. Uh, not only do the people that supposedly care about us accept money from a lot of those large corporations, but also those people that we think only care about large corporations and rich people care about employing us mm-hmm. so that we can do better for ourselves. Um, it's really you know handing a fish to someone versus teaching them to fish, right? So um, I embrace the the opposite role that I was taught as a child because I was taught one way, and I now feel. That, that wasn't necessarily the 100% the truth. Mm-hmm. So I guess that is my story okay. this week. We're go there that's that's short, short yeah. pop nice. it in Back there, the
0: point. Um,
2: and it's good. a good lead-in.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I have a joke to, g- to go along with it. You're, just talking, talking about, uh, <laughs> you're talking about teaching a man to fish. Um, so uh, let's see, I gonna re- remember how it goes. <laughs> uh, so uh, you, you you'd buy a man a plane ticket. He flies for a day, right? You push him out the plane, he flies for the rest of his life.
2: life I love that one. I love it. I love it. Oh, I love that. Oh, I'll put that
0: in my dad joke. Memory, <laughs> yes. so a little bit of... Along with all the
1: puns. <laughs> Dark and gloomy. with it.
0: <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're punny guys here, aren't we? We're punny guys. Um, so, that, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll roll over into the politics portion of today. Um, uh, first story I wanted to come up with, uh, at, I was reading this week on uh, CNBC um, about the, the, uh, the brand new Omicron variant uh, that uh, could deal another blow to supply chains. Now, I didn't mention the Omicron. Omicron sounds to me like a transformer. Like, the uh, first thing that came to my head when I heard Omicron, yeah, it was like Autobots roll out. Omicron, use your variant blasters.
2: It <laughs> so that <it> sound like <laughs> anything but using G. <laughs> because we don't want to offend anyone in China. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> we don't? No. Oh, okay. YouTube
0: overlords, we're sorry. That was Alan's opinion.
2: Yes, definitely uh, my opinion. I'm just going to open every show with anything that I say. say. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's my a... opinion and my own. <laughs> Conjecture
0: and opinion. <laughs> Um, so um, according to CNBC's keynotes here, we've got uh, Omicron as yet another test of resilience uh, for already stressed supply chains uh, per Hong, senior partner at the consulting firm of Kearney. Uh, China is expected to double down on its zero COVID policy <clears throat> that in the past has included mass lockdowns of entire cities, enforced quarantines, as well as strict check uh, checks at ports, including monitoring ships and cargo to prevent cases from coming in. <clears throat> uh, and if Omicron throws... The third point here is if Omicron throws a wrench in the works on the supply chain, which it's already hurting pretty well on its own, um, it, it could pose a threat to the, the regional exports recovery. And um, that was according to T.S. Uh, Lombard in, uh, in that note on Monday. So... Um, Yes, we're having supply chain issues. Gasoline is going up. Um, why we're dependent on foreign anything right now? Because we're we're a country of abundance. I don't know what's going on there. Um, but with with Omicron coming in, a lot of people have. We don't. I say. I, I say, in my opinion, is that, that we don't know enough yet about this this virus to say, or this variant of the virus to say definitively. Let's just lock everything back down. Let's mask back up. Let's do this. Let's do that. We don't know yet. If you're you're scared, you can stay home if you can afford it. You can mask up if you want to. You can get as many vaccines as you like if you want to. Um, Because I'm not anti-vax. If you want it, you want it. Get it. Right. Um, But I don't want to get too far into that. Uh, but that, but that, that's, that scarcity that, that scarcity of, of goods coming in, that's only going to drive – well, we've got the economist here at the table. Uh, that, that scarcity is going to drive prices.
2: Oh, it's going to drive them up. I mean, through the roof. You know, obviously less supply, more demand. And then you, you add into uh, – you add a couple things to that. You add things that are a little less tangible, a little less logical, right? Mm-hmm. So you add fear, and not only fear of a virus, but you, you add fear of not having your necessities. So that drives the price to the roof. Toilet paper. Um, <laughs> if, we, if we see that again, hopefully we'll never see that again. Yeah,
0: I remember, I remember that the, the very first uh, time that COVID hit, and I remember my dad calling me up and he goes, did you get toilet paper yet? And I was like, Dad, uh, I'm fancy. I have a bidet. <laughs> You're a fancy one. <laughs> yeah. um, but we, I, did have, we did have a supply. I remember That's, that's how I actually
2: figured out if uh, the grocery store I went to was going to have the supplies I need. I, imme- I immediately went to see if they had toilet paper. That sounds strange, but that was my check, right? It's not that I cared about having toilet paper; it's that I knew if they had toilet paper, they had everything else on my list. Yep. <laughs> and so, um, you know, that's that's how I checked off there. But anyway, I'm sorry. Yes, um, obviously, if we if China stops producing and blocks any kind of you know any kind of trade while they wall up, essentially, that wall didn't work very well for them. The very first time they built that giant wall. No. Um, <laughs> but again, my opinion. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, I mean, if they do that, it's going to, because we're so dependent on their manufacturing, be, because we don't have cheap labor here, we actually just stop producing a lot of products because it's cheaper to import them and pay whatever fees and shipping and everything else rather than made, having it made here. So that's why we're going to see a, a spike in a lot of things. If that happens. Unfortunately. See, I'm just at this point now where
1: nothing surprises me.
2: That's fair. I just don't.
1: I mean, I keep up on everything. But um, it's a lot of wasted energy to beat your head against a wall for something that you, on a day-to-day basis, don't really have much say in.
2: Yeah, you don't have much control over. You just have to go yeah. to the flow. <laughs> you know what I
1: mean? Um so I try to just pay attention to the bigger pictures. Like, if, I, I don't really focus much on what goes on with the president. I want to know what's going on. Um,
0: well, he's focused on the Schumer over pressure.
1: I, I want to know what's <laughs> going on with our Supreme Court justices. Um, yeah. I want to know where that constitutional rudder is aiming us. Because, to me, that's the main... Thing that we need to pay attention to is what goes on on that level. Everybody worries about the, you know, whether I get a shot or all this. To me, that that all kind of falls away. You know, what direction are we going? Where Where are we morally? As As, as a Christian, I have to th- vote morally. That's just the way that I think about it. Um, I was I voted Libertarian all through my adult life up until this last cycle. Um, and I voted in that direction pretty much just because of the abortion issue. It was just,
3: you know, I wanted
1: I wanted a good Supreme Court justices on the... So I wanted them. And I was really happy
2: when we got who we got. Yeah. You know, that, that's definitely a hot take today, especially. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely a hot take today.
0: So, um, unless you have anything to add, Sterling, to the first, so that's actually a really good lead into our second story. Um, uh, via conservative brief, um, J- Justice Kavanaugh uh, signaled his support uh, for curbing the abortion rights uh, this week. Um, Laura, I believe we have a tweet uh, video queued up.
4: Think about some of the most important cases, the most consequential cases in this court's history. There's a string of them where the cases overruled precedent. Brown v. Board, uh, outlawed separate but equal. Uh, Baker v. Carr, which set the stage for one person, one vote. West Coast Hotel, which recognized the state's authority to regulate business. Miranda v. Arizona, which required police to give warnings about the right to remain silent and to have an attorney present to suspects in criminal custody. Lawrence v. Texas, which said that the state may not prohibit same-sex conduct. Mapp versus Ohio, which held that the exclusionary rule applies to state criminal prosecutions to exclude evidence obtained in violation of the Fourth Amendment. Gideon versus Rain- Wainwright, which guaranteed the right to counsel in criminal cases. Obergefell, which recognized the constitutional right to same-sex marriage. In each of those cases, and that's uh, a list, and I could go on, and those are some of the most consequential and important in the court's history. The court overruled uh, precedent, and um, it turns out uh, if the court in those cases had, had listened and they were presented in ar- with arguments in those cases, adhere to precedent in Brown v. Board, adhere to Plessy on uh, West Coast Hotel, adhere to Atkins and adhere to Lochner, and if the court had done that in those cases, uh, you know, this, the country would be a much different place. So I assume you agree with most, if not all, the cases I listed there where the court overruled the precedent. So the question uh, on start Isis is why if, and I know you disagree with what I'm about to say, in the if, if we think that uh, the prior precedents are seriously wrong, if that. Why then doesn't the history of this court's practice with respect to those cases tell us that the right answer is actually to return to the position of neutrality and uh, and um, not stick with those precedents in the same way that all those other cases didn't?
0: Okay, so what he's what he's talking about here once again, there's another thing of uh, thinking one thing is true and then another is actually true. Um, once decided by the court, uh, also the, he's talking about government overreach without saying he's saying it without saying it. I feel that he's talking about government overreach where we're we're changing what these cases actually meant um, and and overruling them, and we're 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 the all-powerful government, and we're deciding the fates of all fifty states as opposed to letting the states decide for themselves, the people what they want, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a bad precedent to set. And unfortunately, he had an entire list of precedents to go through. Um, Amy, Amy Coney Barrett also had um, something to say uh, she, during these opening remarks. Um, I believe we So have petitioner
3: a- points out that in all fifty states, you can terminate parental rights by relinquishing a child after abortion, and I think the shortest period might have been forty-eight hours, if I'm remembering the data correctly. So it it seems to me. Seen in that light, both Roe and Casey emphasize the burdens of parenting. And insofar as you and many of your amici focus on the ways in which the forced parenting, forced motherhood, would hinder women's access to the workplace and to equal opportunities, it's also focused on the consequences of parenting and the obligations of motherhood that flow from pregnancy. Why don't the safe haven laws take care of that problem? It seems to me that it focuses the burden much more narrowly There is without question an infringement on bodily autonomy, which we have in other contexts like vaccines. Um, However, it doesn't seem to me to follow that pregnancy and then parenthood are all part of the same burden. And so it seems to me that the choice more focused would be between say the ability to get an abortion at 23 weeks or the state requiring the woman to go 15, 16 weeks more and then terminate parental rights at the conclusion. Why, why didn't you address the safe haven laws and why don't they matter? I think they don't matter for a couple of reasons, Your Honor. First, um, even if some of those laws are new since Casey, the idea that a woman could place a child up for adoption has, of course, been true since Roe, so it's a consideration that the court already had before it when it decided those cases and adhered to the viability line. But in addition, um, we don't just focus on the burdens of parenting, and neither did Roe and Casey. Instead, pregnancy itself is unique. It imposes unique physical demands. and risk on women and in fact has impact on all of their lives and their ability to care for other children, other family members, on their ability to work um, and in particular in Mississippi those risks are alarmingly high. It's 75 times more dangerous to give birth in Mississippi than it, uh, than it is to have a pre-viability abortion and those risks are disproportionately threatening the lives of women of Second color.
0: Second voice there. Um, if you didn't already know, she's talking about um, she's trying to, to tr- drive home the old, the old argument of, oh, well, it's hard on the body. Well, a lot of things are hard on your body, mm-hmm. but you're growing a second human being in your, in your body. And that second human being to me happens at conception. They are a, especially in this country, they're a big R God given rights, separate human being. I don't know if you know any women that have 20 fingers and 20 toes at this table. And I I don't, I don't. So, you know, that, that, that that says to me, 15 weeks, 23 weeks, that's, that's irrelevant. And then adoption, yes, is an option. No, it was not weighed in by the courts. Absolutely not. Absolutely not weighed in by the courts. Yeah. There's no way that they factored Because if they factored in adoption, they would have said, let's let the states decide. Yeah. Because different states have better adoption
1: mm-hmm.
0: options than other states. Just from a legal standpoint, not from my own religious standpoint, just from a legal standpoint, I understand that some states may still choose the unfortunate side effect of still wanting abortion. If that's what they choose, that's their right as a state to let their people vote that way. But for the government overreach that Kavanaugh was was talking about before, it goes too far. It's saying you have the decision to end someone else's life before it begins. And not only that, but Amy Coney Barrett made another point to say that some laws... Go even further, and the baby's out of the womb. As we, uh, I don't know if any of you had heard um, former um, Virginia governor. Uh, he went through as far as to say, "Well, the baby can be born, yeah, then and,
1: wait
0: and yeah, and then we'll have that discussion. Talk
1: to the parents, see what to do with it. Uh, yeah, Basically. make it <laughs>
0: comfortable. I'm using yeah, air quotes. Make, it, make comfortable. it comfortable so that we can now. And I'm going to use a harsh, stir the pot term here." We can murder it. It's alive. It's a human being with its own conscience, its own soul. Breathing its own air. Breathing its own air, likely. And maybe sometimes with machine help, but it's still a person. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, we'll go ahead and murder it because it's too difficult. Because it's too hard. Well, I'm not saying it's going to um, be easy, but I am saying it's going to be worth it. Yeah. You know, There is somebody out there that no matter the hardships that comes with raising that child, whether they've got medical issues or not, please, I implore you, have that child and sign up and allow the adoption process to happen. There's probably someone in your family that would be willing to take on your so-called burden. And I know that there's physical ramifications. The option is adoption. The option is adoption.
2: Um, See, this is one of those topics you don't you don't get a very passionate me out of this one. Unfortunately, it's not that I'm for me it either. I'm me not either. against. It, coming from a libertarian background, you, you know how it is. It's like you feel this way, but you understand both ways, mm-hmm. and so you're going okay. Well, I really I don't have a sound opinion on this. Unfortunately, it's not because I'm a man and I can't have an opinion. No, it's not that at all. It's just a simple fact that I'm going. Yes, I want these kids to be born. And if you can't yeah. take care of your child, put them in adoption. But then I also go, uh, who's, well, it's not my right to tell you what to do, what your decisions are. And, but I would like you to understand that you're terminating a life. I don't want you to look at this child as, you know, uh, the the ninth abortion on your 10 abortion punch card when you get one for free. You know, yeah. <laughs> but, but then again, <laughs> you know, I... Uh, darn, we had to go to the other abortion clinic, and I had nine yeah, on my yeah, other yeah. one. Abortions are about birth control, uh, no. right? That's that's <laughs> my biggest thing is it's using it as birth control, right? Um, that's where I have a problem with that. But then I also don't want to see someone, uh, likewise, with another little fun thing to say like popping children out like a Pez dispenser. Either way, so I, I make that both both distinctions. So. Uh, I wish I had a good sound opinion. I don't have a solid opinion on this because well, I really I, feel both ways.
0: And there's another thing where with Peter Ginsburg would probably would agree with and insist the life of the mother. She talks about if the life of the mother is truly in danger, you know, then then that is a that is a judgment call that no one wants to have to make uh, from a legal standpoint yeah. or from a doctor's standpoint because it's like, "Oh, well, I'm I'm choosing one over the other. Either way I lose." You know, if I get the baby, I lose my mother, wife, whatever, like, I don't know, whatever she is, things like that. Yeah.
1: You know, I mean, sometimes
2: you just have to deal with what you have to deal with. Yeah. You know, and there's no easy outs. And that's where I have a hard time when the excuses, the excuses are my problem, right? Yeah. My my excuse of, well, I was, I was in college and I would have had to drop out of school in order to take care of a child. Mm -hmm. Eh, I'm sorry. Like you took on, you did something that comes with an inherent amount of responsibility. And and I'm not trying to and again. I, I don't want to talk down because I'm a man or something like that. It's nothing like that. No,
0: you, you have a mother, right? As we right. all do. We I, have, I have females a, in your life. I have a daughter. You have a daughter, right? And
2: I remember
1: I have three grandkids. My, my views are completely. And I remember my daughter's mom. <laughs> I remember my daughter's mom
2: looking at me and saying, "We're pregnant." And see, that was important. It was weird, right? Yeah. So like, yeah. yeah, I don't have as much going on in this whole situation, but I'm gonna help plan. I'm gonna help facilitate this. I'm, I'm this child. And either way, I'm on board for the rest of my life, not just eighteen years. Yeah. I may joke and say seven more. But it doesn't end in seven. No, it never right? does. So um sorry. No, but.
0: you're you're making a very good point. And and to that, you know, um, you're talking about the father the father's role that that is another big thing that that's what leads to so many issues in our society today not to say that all fatherless homes uh cause issues but the the kid who has mom and dad at home okay. they have a better shot
1: well statistically that just proves out i mean that's not even a
2: up for grabs, that is just a given. It's a good hard fact, <laughs> but also, likewise, you can't fight it. likewise if we're going to hold her accountable for carrying that child, yeah, and bringing that child into this world, and he should be able to that. We the absolutely, absolutely have to hold him accountable yeah. for. Sticking up man for taking part taking part in this this yeah. whole process it takes two to tango absolutely to get
0: the party started. I'm, you're never, I'm never
2: going to look at her and say you made a decision that was a very adult decision that comes with ramifications, and not look over at him and go that's twice on you, buddy. Mm-hmm. That's twice on you. Yeah, buckle Be- up, man, because you it's don't have real around here. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's <laughs> something that's very pa- I'm very passionate about when Me I too. when I see dads not step up. Me too. Um, you know this. I understand some dads are, are unfortunately in a position where it's going to be uh, four days a month, two every other weekend, right? That's mm-hmm. just that's just social, legal. Yeah, uh, I, went through, I, I went through that, uh, and I get that. Um, but you need to step up financially. You need you need to that child doesn't. If their mom knows you're in their life, fantastic. But at the end of the day, that child statistically. Is going to turn out better, as we've already said, mm-hmm. having you in their life. And if that doesn't mean you're there every single evening after work, but you're you're always a phone call away, you're always a, a front porch it's sit something. away, something it, it, that makes all the difference. You know, it does. It does
0: all the difference.
1: You know, I spent many years with just having my daughters and my son every other weekend. Um, it's kind of a kind of a odd situation because I had my. My daughter Erica she she's not my she's not my blood daughter, but she's my daughter. Um, I married, when I married my third wife, Erica became part of my family, and um, raising her was probably one of the greatest experiences of my life. Because you realize that when you don't have skin in the game, and you can still love that person.
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: Then it's a deeper love. Now, now I love my 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 blood kids on in a different way. They're all my kids. There's kind of, there's like spectrums to it, for lack of a better term. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's about the only thing I hope I think is about a spectrum, but that's me. Um, what was I? I, well, I, I see. There.
0: I see your point. I see your point because uh, my dad came into a a package deal. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we're genetically, we're not his kids. But he raised us at his own. Yeah. You would have never known different. Yeah. never known. As a matter of fact, it was it was quite a common uh, joke in the family because, especially in high school, uh, the kids would always come up and say, you know, you look more like your dad than you do your mom, and we'd all get a good chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's awesome. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. as far as the responsibility goes, you know, I took on the responsibility of somebody else's child. People that can't take on the responsibility of their own child. I mean, you know, I mean, I went through phases of like being extremely poor, like behind in child support and wrestling with covering bills and all that whole mess. But uh, the relationship with my kids never even waned, and I owed it because of the financial struggle. You know, Um, I think a lot of people get confused with that. You know, it's all well. He's not. He doesn't, he doesn't make the right kind of money to pay that. I mean, I had some, you know, half my paycheck getting gone every week. You know, it's hard to pay bills, <laughs> you know. And, yeah, so, I mean, I went through a, a real battle. and um, But there's a lot of integrity that people can muster up when things are different than what they're used to. Um, and I think that a lot of society nowadays, they don't, I mean, they live in a TikTok world. Everything's just a a brief veneer yeah just a brief little thing there's there's nothing
2: real everything's fake everything's got a filter you know (laughs) (laughs) you know the best part of that analogy is that a tiktok video is incredibly short Mm -hmm. and that just shows you everything can be perfect for 25 seconds yeah exactly (laughs) right we can make everything look perfect for 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 30 seconds yep i'm sorry you need a talking stick
5: I mean, I wasn't really going to say anything other than I, I don't – obviously, I've never been on that side of it. But as as a child, I've definitely been uh, not in – I don't even know how to say it. My At three years old is when my parents first divorced. And then everything after that, um, being tossed around, who's going to be – where I'm going to be, what weekend or what week or who I'm living with or whatever. So I totally get that side of it. Um, Trying to be that dad that I am to my kids versus what I saw and what I grew up in, because we were talking about having having a two-parent home, basically, and the better statistics of them coming out a certain kind of way and that kind of thing, uh, is hard because of what I saw and what I went through. It would be real easy to fall into what they did. Mm-hmm. Because, oh, that's got to be right. You know, that's got to be that I'm like, can't take it anymore. You're arguing too much, or whatever the case may be. Oh, this just, is all too difficult. Just, man, just get rid of it and move on, you know, right. but. That which doubles us back to the abortion, <laughs>
2: right? Think, right. Yeah. Uh, it's too difficult. Honestly, I it's mean, right. yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's. It's a mindset, unfortunately. It really is, yeah you
1: know. I don't know, and, and it all boils down to your actions, you know. Or you can just go a choice. Morally. You know, yeah. quit, quit having unprotected sex. Quit having sex outside of marriage. You know, um, that people are going to choose not to do that, of course, you know, but it's still, still, I mean, that's your big choice in regards to your child's life starts, not when you're pregnant, starts long time before Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's your integrity, you know, who you, people that just don't care, you know, if I get pregnant, I'll abort it, you know,
0: they, they there's be, no consequence. Yeah, there's no
1: consequence, and and More maybe they shouldn't be having kids to begin with, you know. Um, but you know, as far as it goes with uh, with with abortion, I, I've had an experience in my life um, when I was a much much younger man, where um there was a girl that I thought I was in love with, and um, she found out that she was pregnant, and she aborted it um i had no say now that didn't really hit me at the time because i you were young i didn't really have no skin in the game per se you know what i mean um but figuratively and literally yeah yeah but when i had my own child what i learned from having my own child when i was when i was married to my first wife tracy had kobe Kobe's thirty-two this year, and um, we. When I had him, I understood what I what I what I lost. I mean, there was the. I can't believe she did that. She hurt my feelings, but in my mind, it was, uh, well, dodge that bullet, right? You know what I
0: mean. That's a lot of young men do. Yeah. I, yeah, I was
2: gonna say it's a it's a really a young person mindset, right? Like that's yeah. just.
1: And so it, it took a. It took several years to kind of come to terms with that. And so my my stance on abortion is a little different than a lot of people's as far as that goes. Um, it's, it, to me, it's more than that. It's, it, it is it is a lack of moral fiber, a gotcha. lack of understanding that, that what you do, there's consequences it for. And in a world where nobody has to deal with their consequences, this is what gets puked out into society is this abortion you know (laughs) in our cushy american lives that's why yeah yeah you know it's it's like you know the the pile of puke in the corner that nobody wants to talk about you know and it's it makes me sick to think that our society is where it's at um but biblically what do we expect I fully expect it to get worse. Yeah. The more, the worse it gets, the more I think, okay, let's get ready. You yeah. know, well, that's a whole different spin. We have a whole episode yeah. on <laughs> this. Yeah. Like well you talked yeah.
0: about you talked about TikTok while well ago, so getting into the social media a little bit uh, that leads us into our third story. I know we're we're going deep into time here, but just bear with us because we've got we've, there's a lot of stuff that came out there this week. A, guys. There was a lot. Mm-hmm. I looked at the I topics. Was, I was like, ooh.
2: Overwhelmed.
0: I was overwhelmed. So we had uh, Twitter uh, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey um, resignation uh, left behind. This is by New York Post uh, uh, headline here. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey's resignation leaves behind uh, content controversy and sagging stock. Um, He was replaced by uh, another than uh, Parag Agrawal. People were uh, at the first were thinking that that was going to be a good change, that, uh, you know, well, hey, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and purchase some stocks. So the, stock, the stock actually went back up a little bit on Twitter. Um, and so for you f- uh, stock uh, hounds out there, <laughs> you were thinking, oh, well, I, I did good. I, I hung on to my Twitter stock, and it went up a little bit. Um, unfortunately, as soon as people started reading the very um, controversial tweets we'll call them controversial we won't call go him. too far into it we'll but parag Agarwal we then we watched that stock actually plummet back again so once again unfortunately for jack dorsey um his decision even to leave the company and put it into new hands was a bad decision and cost him um more more than, I think, what he bargained for. He thought one thing was true. If I step down, the company will once again make money. Because he was catching – his his excuse was, um, as a matter of fact, he talked about it on Joe Rogan, was that if, if uh, uh, people were coming at him and saying, oh, well, you both own the company and you're the CEO, you're double-dipping, man. Yeah. And it's like, no. People don't like you, Jack Dorsey, because the way you treat conservatives in particular – You curb the other opinion, and sometimes, I'll go as far as to say it, and this is my opinion, facts that are posted on your website, and um, this new CEO, I feel like, (laughs) just from reading his controversial tweets, it's going even further downhill to go along with what you you said before, Bo.
2: It's okay to say it, like you said, right? Like he actually said in their meeting, it's okay to say whatever you want to say on social media. That's perfectly fine. It's just who's going to be allowed to hear it? Did you see that? It was like, you know, we're not going to stop people from saying the things they want to say. We're just going to make sure there aren't a lot of people seeing it. And so, sure, we can't stop you. Even though you're using our platform and technically it's not... Impeding on your freedom of speech because you are on a privately you are on their platform. You're on a private platform, platform. which I agree with. I, yeah, I get me it. Tip. It's me too, totally. It's awful, but hey, it's their platform, and I get I get it. Just if you as, don't like it, don't go to the platform. Well, just as <laughs> if you yeah, want. Yeah, I
0: hear that a lot, but it, unfortunately, it is the biggest platform of its kind. So
2: right, but if you wanted to into a store and you started yelling out obscenities, and they said, eh. We're going to need you to leave. You could be like, well, I can yell obscenities out. I have freedom of speech, right? Yeah. Like well, you do, out there, right? That's Mm -hmm. fine. Do it in your house. Do it out on the street, whatever. Uh, Offend all children. (laughs) Out there, but not in here. So I I get that concept. But when you say, I'm not going to stop you from saying the thing you want to say, I'm just going to make sure no one hears it. it
0: yeah well That's, and, and yeah. to actually go along with that yes because so what what's that what's that what what's actually happening there and and, and i'm sure you'll agree was with, with, especially with conservatives is that they're going this item's 99 cents this item's 99 cents but for whatever reason twitter's just put a bunch of earmuffs on everybody else in the store and you're, they're going this item's 99 cents it's on sale man get it now get it now get it now and you can say it as much as you want in the store, but nobody else is going to. They've knows. curbed your ability to go, hey, this is a good buy. Get your Twinkies now. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. This one's got cream, man. <laughs> yeah, sprinkles. They, they say white. <laughs> and you hear people saying,
2: well, you shouldn't live in an echo chamber. Well, I'm not trying to. You've, you've sealed the door. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm trying to yell out there and not live in an echo chamber. I would love to. To actually spread this, but you actually are keeping me in this echo chamber. I can just yeah. tap on the glass. <laughs>
5: like controlling yeah. truth, but who is truth and what truth?
2: Right, right. And and this, you know, I, that takes me to a whole different route of people saying it's their truth. No, it's their opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's your opinion and there's the truth. Yeah.
0: If Absolutely. it's your
2: truth, it may not be the truth. If it's the truth. It's the truth. If it's your truth, well, mm-hmm. it's, there's a lot of nuance and perception there. Anyway, I'm sorry. We can keep going. What's the next thing? What's on the news, so, Josh? Uh, um, it's, it's actually
0: loading. Um, so, so uh, for, well, once again from Conservative Brief, but actually uh, CNN talked about it a little bit on their own because it, it's a it's, it's a little bit of, uh, we'll call it um, uh, it's another poop rolling down the hill going on with them. So, uh, their their fearless leader Jake Tapper is is among those uh, who want Chris Cuomo gone. Um, I think was it. going so,
2: well, he's uh, kind of
0: gone. He's suspended like, indefinitely, stupid, right? So
1: is, what, but isn't but is. But isn't. So
0: for those who don't know, <laughs> um, what happened here was the things that was going on with Chris Cuomo, especially with the um, in terms of <laughs> sexual harassment cases um, that just seemed to be still piling up. I think. Um, my mic was, was just <laughs> completely shocked
2: by this statement.
0: <laughs> his younger monk, uh, his younger brother, uh, Chris, who's an anchor, was an anchor um, at least for now. Uh, on uh, I don't remember the name of his show, but he, he's, he's on CNN and uh, follows Don Lemon, I believe. And some private phone calls were found.
2: Yeah, and now we just need Don Lemon to follow him. <laughs> Sorry, bye, Felicia. But. <laughs>
0: sorry i just had a
1: a louder with crowder flashback in my head from this Uh. (coughs) so
0: (laughs) (laughs) he has a fantastic show i'm a big fan of helter stelter Uh, absolutely absolutely (laughs) (laughs) so yeah um so it looks like chris is on the outs and, and and he he did that little thing of um uh you know but but i but i was one of the good ones because you know, because the, the snake eating its own tail. Now it's say, so, was you though? yeah? What yeah? Were you really? Wh- wh- were you, we we heard you. We heard you loud and clear. Uh, what 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 was the uh, the nickname they gave to him? Um, was it Fredo? Fredo, Fredo. yeah. Fredo? So we heard you loud and clear, Fredo. Uh, you you were you were screaming pejoratives about these women, accusing your brother, um, and then and then going as far as, oh, we be, we better delete these phone calls. We we we've gone too far. Um, we're, we're exposing ourselves way too much. Okay. Why were you recording him in the first place? One. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that was pretty <laughs> dumb. Um, but beyond that, uh, he's go, he's going as far as to, you know, I, I'm sure he's wanting to take care of his brother, but he went on television saying, I didn't have anything to do with it. I, I you know, I, I didn't help my brother in the least bit. I didn't go to bat for him. You know, he's got his life. I've got my life. And, Um, I mean, he's my brother and I love him, but that's it. It's like, hmm. I mean, at the end
2: of the day, he commandeered his employer's network Mm -hmm. to be PR, be (laughs) be public relations for his brother, Yeah, right? I mean, to make his brother look uh, a little more personable, uh, make him look a little more fun, things like that. When things went wrong for him, he'd bring his brother on and he'd basically play PR, Using his, his platform, and that's that's never okay. There are certain times we look at different things, you know, and, and we say, hey, that's okay to be that way. Don't use your employer's platform.
1: Well, CNN's just kind Colin of... Colin
2: Kaepernick. Uh, <laughs> they're they're <laughs> bankrupt mentally as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I just don't
1: have a hard time with them.
2: Well, when Fox mm-hmm. has 14 of the top 15 shows, <laughs> how far does it go until you're actually bankrupt literally? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we can hope.
0: I'm going to go, Like I'm going to reach back quite a bit to to give a real a real deep reference here. But the, for those of you who have seen Scream Three, uh, spoiler alert: the movie's really old, so it's not really spoiling anything. No. no okay. The killer's her brother. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to kill it right there. That's, we're <laughs> done. <laughs> Sterling's done. <laughs> the killer's her brother. Now, he let's brother. let's say all these murders happen. Nev Campbell's now an anchor. And she says, "Oh well, Ghostface, he's not that bad.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I love it. He's, love he's my doing. brother,
0: you know. I have him on and, the show. Yeah, and and we did giant giant Q tip. Uh, oh, I hope you do
4: that.
0: <laughs> we did giant Q tip uh, skits and everything, you know. Uh, but he's not that bad, you know." Maybe, maybe they did he, giant blades. I don't know. Yeah. Here's my brother
2: and all kinds of other masks. Yeah. What, if, what if he <laughs>
0: This one looks funny here. It's got, it's got a clown face. Isn't that sweet? Running PR for a uh, you know, straight-up murderer. Okay. I, I, I put that in the same wheelhouse. I guess it's a, you know, it's, like I said, it's a reach. But
2: no, it, I mean, it is. I mean, if you want to put a murderer and Cuomo in the same boat, we can just talk about old people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you want to talk about that?
0: Yeah, the, he, he yeah he did mark enough old people uh during the COVID season. I'm certain of that. That's my opinion. But that you
2: know, I mean, upside was while we were fighting for toilet paper, pens were easy to find. <laughs> 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 that reminds me
0: of a of a joke uh, guy. Head, like, no. Guy gets the uh, uh, question asked. He said they they, they said. Uh, Hey, man, uh, <laughs> he's, 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 uh, this guy asked this guy, he's 75 years old. He said, he said Hey man, boxes are briefs. And he goes, "No nah, depends.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, you know, I made I made the caveat for this, uh, or not a caveat, but the, uh, the point for this, uh, talking about, talking about killers, we actually had a tragedy this, another tragedy this week. Um, four young people were killed in a Michigan high school. Um, now, for those of you who know me, know that I'm a major uh, Second Amendment supporter, that um, you, you do have the right to bear arms. And I believe that I would go as far as to say that some teachers, not all, I would, I would say that some teachers need to be armed in the school. History My personal. teachers. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, they're, they're definitely the most measured, right? Well, they're the most likely to have a, they, have a... Permit. <laughs> they know that their classes to the kids, are going to be. they're going to go, oh, what do I need to learn about the past? Well, you need to know where you've been. In any school,
1: mm-hmm. there's going to be enough people in that school that have some sense of the Second Amendment that the people that are prone to want to carry, just let
2: them. Just let them. Right. Just let them. Teachers. I also think that since a, since a lot of schools, public student. schools, especially. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, I mean, if every student was armed. Hey, if you're mm. in college.
2: No. <laughs> I think a lot of public schools, especially since they're cutting back a lot of their extracurricular programs, with the soundproofing in the music rooms, I mean, you have a great range space there. Yeah. You know, you could really get some reps in. Yeah. <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> Art, the art uh, department. You hey, could keep the art department hey, alive, me, making my, making targets. My brain's going to very dark places. I'm trying to save the arts here. I'm trying to save the arts. He's
0: he's working on saving the arts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Get
1: really good at drawing circles. Red <laughs> ones <laughs> and white ones.
0: <laughs> Sometimes we have an orange background with a black marker. Come on. <laughs> Sometimes you shoot your twenty twos here.
2: Um, all jokes aside, though. That, all jokes aside. Wow. Um, Awful tragedy. Yeah, I don't want to be disrespectful of the dead or, no. or no, the injured.
0: You, you, hear, you hear these stories, and um, actually, and it, was, it was CNN that uh, I first seen break this story. Um, so the fifteen year old suspect um, was was accused of killing, you know, but he did. <laughs> Um, there's no ifs ands or buts about it. Uh, at Oxford, in, in, uh, <coughs> at a school in Oxford, Michigan, um, this happened Tuesday. Uh, he, he was charged. Uh, prosecutors said the uh, video from the school surveillance uh, camera show the suspect methodically and deliberately was walking through the hallways and aiming gun at students and firing. So he he planned this. And <clears throat> if you if you could go back on this kid's social media, mm-hmm. the signs were there. Mm-hmm. The signs were there this school and so many schools nowadays that's oh well, you know we, we look at their social media and well they must be a nazi because they like trump okay well if you feel like those signs are there and you don't want you don't want that kid in your school okay well that kid's probably going to he's got good parents probably if he's tra- he's, he's supporting <laughs> <laughs> trump so he's probably going to go to a private school but you don't need your school anyway but you got this kid's social media showing him lighting molotov cocktails and and haphazardly just tossing it onto things, this 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 kid showed all the signs that he was going to do something like this.
2: All top cocktails,
0: yeah.
2: Is he in Kenosha?
0: <laughs> it was a was little he? reach back to last week, just I guess. Trying to
2: figure out where he came from,
0: right? Um, so he's well, he didn't have to cross state lines. Oh, that's that. fair. That's yeah. fair. I mean,
2: bottles aren't... They don't get too bad when you take a bottle across certain state lines these days. <laughs> just where you buy your gas. Yeah, they just get bad when you a
4: full,
2: full of gas. Get your sleeve off your t-shirt. So uh,
0: the unfortunate side effect of this very dumb kid, uh, very horrible person. I don't want to say his name.
2: And that's not... Yeah, not even under, not even um, underscoring. It's not, I don't on. want anybody to take that in context and be like, Oh, well, they're calling him a dumb kid. they They're just trying to... Trying to make him look as not as evil as he is, right? Like, yeah, that's the fear is that they'll take that out. Someone I was like, out oh,
0: out. look at this fourth grade pitcher. He was an angel. Oh, gosh. Uh, how old was this kid? Get, he was uh, 14. 15. 15 years old. Now, I know that we were all the smartest guy in the world at 15 years of age, but uh, when we were 15, but this kid obviously had no one at home to say, now they say he has both car- he had both parents, but obviously both parents were not there, because if they were and they had just taken a peek at his social media,
2: right? Maybe they're off the hook too. Maybe,
1: maybe that's just how their family rolls,
2: man. I mean, it was a Black Friday gun. I'm just saying, guys. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's so, where I'm going with that. That's that's surely a conjecture for a joke, obviously, uh, because if you buy a Black Friday TV, that TV is specifically made for Black Friday which means it doesn't have the specs of what they're really making you think it is. If only Black Friday guns were the same way, and he got to squeeze and jam it real quick. <laughs> well, then he would have been shooting a Glock. <laughs> oh, oh,
0: oh,
2: oh, oh, I know that oh, cut deep.
0: Oh, <laughs> again, my dad's probably going, oh, I'll get you next week.
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. I feel so bad making jokes, but I'm just like, I, I don't want to... I. I think it's because I don't deal with the fact that this was such a tragic situation. That could have been avoided. That could have been avoided. Exactly. And that's, in my head, it's not that I want to take away from the victims. It's not that I want to take away from the trauma that's been caused to other kids. I mean, think about that. That's a a time in your life, 13, 14, 15, 16. You know, we're not just talking about adults who, you know, are probably pretty cynical and have a pretty thick skin at this point. We're talking about kids who are are really hitting their stride of, Mm -hmm. of where they're going to be. And that's just like any school shooting. They always happen in a high school for the most part. Um, and, and we see that that trauma. But I think the only way I can deal with that is through humor, and it's not to downplay them. and I, I don't want to yeah. really think
0: that we all have our own ways of I'm this just evil, evil like person. That. <laughs> no. it's, it's
2: like I,
1: I don't want to say that I'm numb to it. I just um, – it's happened so often, and it's so common, that I no longer am surprised by it. When it happens, it's like...
0: Especially when it's avoidable.
1: Yeah, and when it happens, it's like, okay, well, I fully expected this to happen again because look where we're at, you know? But to
0: go along with that, if there had been at least one armed teacher and they had no idea, the cups game, right, or the cards game, uh, was it uh, with the three cards, Mm -hmm. what they call that? Um, You know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, you got these three cards are shuffling around. One of those teachers has got a gun. That kid, this dumb... 15 year old kid would have gone, I don't know which teacher has the gun today. I'm not taking that chance. Gun's going to stay at home.
2: I mean, exactly. I think it, yeah. Does the high school, a a, a gun free school, not saying we should have a bunch of gun toting people in there, but a gun free school is a a (laughs) microcosm of what we see in Washington, D.C., what we see in Chicago. These places where no one there's no checks and balances, right? Someone wants to rob you on the streets here in Indianapolis. Eh, it's a toss-up, right? How many of us own guns? What, 36%? 36%. So a little over one in three. You want to come take my wallet? Mm, we'll see how that goes. You're going to be rolling the dice. <laughs> right. Right. In Chicago, you roll up on someone who seems like a law-abiding citizen. i Odds are they're not harmed. You're getting a wallet, right? And so... the High school, especially with the way things are, the rules they are, they're a microcosm of what we see there, mm-hmm. right? So unfortunately, yeah. we can put all the security in the front gates. And as a kid, as as a dad who has a kid who's going to go into middle school next year, I have to look at it and go, ah, what's the security? You know what? My daughter can handle a gun. She could protect herself. But that's neither here nor there. How much does that front gate stop? How much does that metal detector at the door stop? How much does having an armed security... Not even an armed security guard. Just having four security guards or off-duty police officers in a, in a giant school. How much does that stop? Versus that, what you're you know, saying.
0: That's my that's my point. Is that that shell game that 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 roulette of them not knowing? Because if they if they know if they see the guards, they know that guy's got the gun. That girl's got the gun. That Z has got the gun. No, that's a <laughs> guy or girl. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> that's just appeasing <laughs> YouTube here.
2: We brought we brought in like. 3% higher <laughs> higher <laughs> audience there. But, a yeah, 3% more audience, and then you just shut
0: it right back I down. Shut it
2: right back down. <laughs> no, nah, I, I don't care. Thing.
0: Well, I fully support the second minute, minute, but don't, uh, I, I don't use it, my I pronouns. <laughs> 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 no, but, um, but you, if you have that shell game of not knowing, then that kid is not going to. I, I'm not saying that it will 100% guarantee it, but I guarantee you situations like this get shut down um, more often than not. This will happen much less frequently. Because they have no idea, is it is it Mrs. G today? Is it is it Mr. Gorman tomorrow? Who knows?
2: How do you feel about the parents being held? to task? They're looking for charges, putting charges on the parents. I mean, absolutely manslaughter no. charges. You know, absolutely. I think it, I think it was manslaughter charges or, or well, something along those lines. They're, right, they're responsible and, for him.
0: And and, uh, and I they bought the weapon, didn't they? They did. Yeah, they bought the weapon. They didn't
2: secure the weapon, apparently.
0: Yeah, so a responsible parent always separates.
2: Get the kids some help and lock
0: them up.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You know,
0: I mean. Well, he obviously needed counseling. Oh, yeah. Now, maybe the parents couldn't afford this idea of what's professional counseling, but they, even if they non. A believer in the church They could have went to a church Where they have free counseling It's free Believe it or not Most churches have free counseling You can go And you can talk about your problems And it doesn't necessarily Have to relate to faith And you can say Hey I'm really messed up um, My social media I'm posting things That I You know I'm not quite sure Of what I'm doing I'm lighting Molotov cocktails And putting them in random places yeah, Here's my life
1: He's not going to be That kid's not approaching Thinking like that at all No He's it's dumb just, and 15 and angry, yeah, he's definitely angry. Okay. He has no rhyme like, or reason. I'm trying to think of what, the, what movie that was. He was like, I, "No, it was the Joker." He said, "I just
2: do." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean. It's, he's just like, and I would love to see what kind of education it. that child has, that that boy has on with firearms. Right? I mean, does that kid? I mean, obviously, the kid understands a gun and can is lethal force. I mean, it is what it is. That's why he brought it. That's why he used it. But was there ever a time and i don't mean how proficient he was no we're not going that route but i want to know before he picked up that gun that day had he fired a gun had he been to a range is this something that's a a a deadly weapon that's just been added into a Mm fishbowl or has he been properly taught how to handle a gun has he been properly taught the the devastation a gun can bring yeah. Or is it... I, th- I think most people understand the devastation
1: that a I, gun can
2: bring.
0: But
1: there's, there's
2: a difference but between... But not a
0: 15-year-old. So, sure they can. So not, where, not unless they've been taught that where, it is.
2: Where I'm going with this is there is a certain a certain thing that happens. It occurs when you take a gun and you go shoot a watermelon. A, and it's, a, it's a different reaction. I know it's a watermelon. It's a different reaction than shooting a circle on a piece of paper. You know, you st- a hole in a piece of paper whatever it's a hole punch it's a staple it is whatever it is right cordless cordless hole punch yep um don't kill
0: shoot, my indiana watermelons though just you, you, you shoot
2: know. a watermelon yeah and you actually see visible signs of damage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and I, i'm not saying that would change anything
0: but visible ramifications do but help you, you with see the, this, it, right? but teaching proper gun safety to a child i i think if it's not 100% of the time it's pretty darn close it's so close that you wouldn't be able to tell the slim margin that a kid a kid with good say uh, good gun safety being taught uh, that has been taught good gun safety knows that it is deadly force that you only use it if it is to protect yourself or if you're hunting and if you're hunting it better be for animals and not for fellow students
2: i'm just thinking um, it triggers more of a a, a logical response right I, again no. i always look at everything from logic for a logical lens as i mm-hmm. said earlier and there's emotion. Emotion drives you to want to harm someone. Emotion drives you to do these things. So I'm angry. This kid keeps picking on me. It's relentless. He's done. I'm done with him. I can't physically match him. So I'm just going to take this gun and finish him. Right? Nobody cares. And that's an emotional response versus if you've seen the physical toll of what a gun can do. Mm-hmm. Maybe, just maybe. I'm not saying even 20% of the time. I'm not going to I'm not going to throw that out there cuz I don't know, yeah. but maybe it takes one of those kids. Maybe we'll
0: have studies for that next show. Yeah,
2: maybe there's one kid out there who goes, I'm angry, I want to kill that person, and then they look at that gun, and they have a second thought and say, you know, I remember what it did to that one thing, and I remember the kind of trauma. They don't. They they stop being emotional, and they start thinking about what it can do. That's you all I'd say. Yeah. That's all
0: well, I'd say. Yeah, and also, uh, to bring in, we, we, we talked about the parents. If the parents had said, look, this does devastate, but... Not only that, but if they were to say, if someone is killed, that's not just the someone that dies.
2: Right. Right.
0: Metaphorically, I mean, you know, everyone that's attached to that person has now lost someone.
2: And three of us had a conversation about, you know, ourselves, right? Like doing that, doing that, and then looking at, you know, do you want to put that on your spouse? Mm -hmm. Do you want to put that on kids? Do you want to put that on your family?
5: They definitely need a better support system for for kids and and even specifically public schools, for sure. Especially today. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Um, Because, I mean, I was a loner in school due to some of the things I've already said and so on and so forth. So I was basically nominated in my yearbook to be the one to show up to school and shoot it up or blow it up. Like, that was in the yearbook. So, you know, that's just... I never did anything to anybody, but that's how people viewed me.
2: We would have wanted you before you came down here if we would have known this. Right, obviously, obviously. (laughs) Um, Just kidding, just kidding.
5: So I can see how people, this may sound bad, but I can see how people can get there to that point because I wasn't there. I could have easily have been there due to my circumstances, but I chose not to. Obviously, it. it all comes back down to choice, but it's the root issue. So that would be my biggest point of this is getting back to the root of it all, which obviously if you put in Christ in the mix, then that whole thing, that would change it uh, a little bit. But, you know, did he not get the the chance to meet God? Did he, you know, Was he never talked to about God? Or, you know, if he did express his issues, his pain or his hurt or whatever, who wasn't listening or who was listening in that case, you know, people need help. And they're just, it seems like our world is becoming more and more and more and more, maybe numb uh, to people, other people's emotions and stuff, it being self it's 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 more self versus, you know. Do you need help? Are you
2: okay? It's the god of self. Me, me, yeah. that was our talk last week. That was, that was yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's a big, actually, big it's
5: crazy, big part
0: yeah. of our, our talk last week. The Martin, we we're marred vessels and stuff. It, yeah. So um, actually, I, that that brings me back to a point that I wanted to make last week, and I want to close with this before we go to prayer. Um, can I borrow your Bible for just oh, a second? absolutely okay. You see, God taught us how to think taught us how to think but he left it up to us what to think he's the father just like a father and a mother teaches a child how to think they get to stand back and watch and hope that what that what that kid chooses what that kid thinks is the right
5: decision based off of something too Making yeah. decisions based off of something, not just exact decision,
0: and you can face every adversity in your life. If it, and I know I'm the only non-parent at this table, but I'm but I'm an uncle several times over, and I and I, I think that I'm I thank God every day that I met my wife and got got to have so many nieces and nephews in my life because I love them to death. They're some of my favorite people in this world, but something that I got to do is be a part of their lives and be a part of that teaching. Uh, in their lives of saying, Hey, critical thinking, it's important. And we have this outline. This is how you approach everything. Here's your skeleton for approaching everything. This is how you think. And I hope that you make the right decision. And I hope that what you think at the end of the day is the moral code, the way to go. All right. Um, with that, I think we're going to close it out, and unless anything anybody feels like they have anything to add to that. No, no um, that was wonderful. Okay, thank you very much. You. Uh, uh, um, so, uh, Bo, we you take us out with prayer?
2: Sure. Yes, please.
0: <laughs> or Indiana Phil, <fell. laughs>
1: Lord, thank you just for um, giving us the opportunity just to talk about you, Lord. Um, in the time that we have, in the, t- in the days that we live in, it's hard, Lord, for us to um, to sort out the right from the wrong sometimes. God, I pray that you just put on our hearts to seek you, to seek you in the word, to put your word above our feelings. Lord, just instruct us, guide us. We love you. We honor you. We cherish you. We thank you for your son. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: This has been Faith, Family, and Politics. I'm your host, Joshua Cummins. To my right, Brummet. Brummett. Peace. To my left, Alan McFarlane. And in fourth chair, we've got to talk some more next time, Sterling!
1: Sterling!
0: All right. And we're out.
1: <laughs>